Wasn't Eve the first human to sin? As a woman, why should I choose to be like Eve? Great questions and proof that we discover the truth together as we freely ask hard questions and find the answers in the text of God's Word. Dave Wurtzen continues our study of Eve in Genesis chapter 3 as God begins to tell his story of redemptive grace. Eve is the mother of us all, but maybe you're sitting there saying, who in the world wants to be like Eve? How many of you would say that Eve is a good character in the Bible? What is Eve responsible for? Last week, I challenged you ladies in our last discussion, you know, you need to choose to be daughters of Eve. Well, when I came home, Mary said something like this, Honey, why in the world did you challenge us to be daughters of Eve? Who in the world wants to be like Eve? Didn't she plunge the whole human race into sin? Did any of you ladies feel that? How many of you have ever heard messages on how Eve plunged the whole human race into sin? In fact, if you were going to university, the Bible will be presented as this very patriarchal book that blames all of human sinfulness on women. And it's really a book that's pushing for male leadership. And men have ruined everything. So if you go away and study in the secular field, that's what you're going to hear. One of the things we're trying to do in our church is we're trying to help you to understand the stories that you're listening to. You're always listening to a story. The weather report, the politicians as they're running for office, when you watch NCIS, whatever you do, when you're listening to a friend, you're always listening to a story. And I want to teach you that in a story there are good characters, there's bad characters, and there's swing characters. And you need to understand what's going on in the story. And what's really important, if you're going to understand your spouse, if you're going to understand your husband, your wife, you're going to understand your friends, one of the things you need to learn to do is you need to listen and step back and let them tell you the story and ask yourself, first of all, what's the story that my friend is telling me? Now, when you're reading a text, you need to ask yourself, what's the story that the book is telling me, that the text is telling me? And the way that the text tells you that story is by the tales in the text. We started last time together, and I told you that it wasn't good for man to be alone. So in the story, you would expect what comes next. Is it going to be a good thing or a bad thing? If it's not good for man to be alone, and God says that, and then God has Adam name all the animals, and when Adam gets done naming all the male and female animals, and he's the odd man out, then the Lord puts him to sleep and brings Eve out of Adam's side. How many of you would say that the character that's introduced for the first time that meets Adam, is Eve a good character or a bad character in the story so far? Why is she good? Because God provided her. That's a good thing. What's Eve supposed to do? What did I teach you last week? What's Eve's purpose in the marriage? She's to be a helper. Is helper a good word or a bad word? Remember we learned that helpers often use, remember I told you about Eliezer, my God is my help. Now, if you want to read this story a certain way, you see there, the woman's supposed to be the God to her husband because Etzer is used as a name for God and it's a character of God. Therefore, the woman's supposed to be the leader in her home. You see how that goes? If you're really into that kind of thing, you'll listen to that. I mean, I don't have a chance this morning, but you need to ask yourself, well, is that really the way the story goes in God's word? So as you think about who's going to be the leader in the home, you want to think through, well, as I read the stories in the Bible, 
How does it go when the wife leads? How does it go when the husband leads? And those are real important questions. That's what we want to do in Midlothian Bible Church. That's what we want you to be excited about. And I got news for you. It's not important what I think the story says. It's what God's actually telling us. And I want to try to equip you so you can understand how to listen to God's story. And I want to have a humble heart. So, so far, Eve is a good character in the story. She's created by God. She's taken from Adam's side, not from his head, lest she do all of his thinking for him. She's not taken from his feet, lest she step all over him. And that's what's happened in male-female relationships for thousands of years. God took her from Adam's side. So if you're a wife this morning, the Lord wants you ideally to be walking beside your husband as his ally. So far, so good. Now, why was Mary so uptight about me challenging her to be a daughter of Eve? And by the way, I want to encourage all of you ladies, as a husband, i got to be honest with you. When I get home from preaching, I'm kind of wiped out, and it's really not such a great time to say, hey, that really wasn't so good. But that's okay, because my wife's an editor, and she's really shoots straight from the hip. See, I shut down sometimes when Mary talks to me like that. And that's not a good deal. Because in order to get at the truth, we need each other. So Mary's question really helped me to realize, hey, I didn't get far enough in this story. And I'm challenging you ladies to come forward. And how do you know what you're supposed to say? Man, I don't want to be like Eve. I don't want to plunge the human race into sin. So that opens up a door for discussion. What's real important, and this is true whether you're a man or a woman. Like if you're a teacher, you want to learn questions are really good things. I deal with a lot of people that are turned off about church because they ask questions. And they were shut down. Well, I want to share with you from this my heart. The God of the universe loves questions. And those of us that represent him should love questions too. We really want to encourage questions. Because when you ask a question, then we can go deeper. We can help each other. So let's wrestle with this question. So far, so good. Eve's a good character. But then she swings to the dark side. So open your Bible to Genesis chapter 3. It, it ends Genesis chapter 2. They were both naked and were unashamed. That's the part we always leave out in the wedding ceremonies because we're kind of embarrassed about sex because that comes after the fall. But if you're married, the Lord wants you to enjoy that. So that's another lesson. Before the fall, sexuality, nakedness, being fruitful and multiply is all really good things. So far, so good. But there's a little hint. When you're naked, you're exposed. And in Hebrew, the word that means nakedness also has the idea that you're vulnerable. And so as we read the text, Moses was setting you up for what's going to happen in the next story. And the way the text goes, notice the way chapter 3 starts out. Now, the serpent was more crafty. That word crafty sounds a lot like the word naked. And the play on words goes like this. This serpent, whoever he is has street smarts. You know what street smarts are? If I took you to New York City, how many of you have ever been to New York City? How many of you know New York City really, really well? So we have one of our church family members that has craftiness in New York. Okay? Everybody understand that? I could use the same illustration. How many of you have really good hunting smarts? Sam does, okay? And I promise you, like I bird hunted with Sam, I'm totally comfortable. He's not going to be like Vice President Cheney that shoots me. (laughs) I'm only teasing a little bit, okay? Sam and I have hunted together. I have total ease. He has hunting smarts. Satan has more street smarts than anybody here. 
And I want to tell you something about our society. Your society doesn't believe in Satan anymore. Have you noticed that? Now, Satan's doing all kinds of things. Whenever you have stuff, we're always trying to explain it. Well, they had the wrong chemicals in their body. They were raised in the wrong part of town. There is an explanation for this. We're going to find out. So when there's murders in Kaufman, it's the Aryan Brotherhood. We jump all over the world. You know, the Aryan Brotherhood did it. It turns out to be a guy from Kaufman that has what we all understand, real anger against two guys that he knows really well, and he blows their, their life away. That's dark. That's satanic. That murderous violence comes from this dark side. Now, as I introduced, now the serpent was more crafty. Do you know whether the serpent is a good guy or a bad guy yet? No, you don't know yet. In fact, it says, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field. And that's a little signal that he's one of the beasts of the field. And the Lord God had made him. So that would signal that the serpent was good because God made him. So that's one of the question marks. We don't know for sure which way it's going to go. He's made by God, and the beasts of the field were made by God. So, so far, he's a good character. But it says, and he said, he said to the woman, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. Now, is the serpent a good character or a bad character? He just signaled you, has God said? So who is the serpent questioning? God. And what's the implication underneath that question? That if God were really, really good, he wouldn't have any rules. And every one of you, from the smallest child in this room to the oldest adult, every one of you is thoroughly convinced life would be much better if there weren't any no's. Okay? And that's a real important part that you need to ask yourself in your own heart. In this story, Moses just revealed to you the serpent is very crafty, which can go either way. Like in Proverbs, it's going to teach your young people to have street smarts without being scarred in the school of hard knocks. So craftiness isn't always used negatively. It's a very positive word in Proverbs. But here, the serpent's more crafty than any of us. And what he does is he puts in our mind the doubt in the goodness of God. Then it said, and he said, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. Now look at the woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. So far what? So good? We going good? Yeah, so far so good. The woman said, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may, may eat. And God is really good. And I've been enjoying the fruit. And I've been eating from all the trees. Isn't that wonderful, serpent? No, is that what she did? See, the text is telling you she starts out really good. So she hasn't swung yet. She started out really good, but then she says this. But from the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden. So where is she focused? They can eat all the trees of the garden except for what? Only one tree. They can eat from the tree of life, which is the tree that's actually in the middle of the garden. And then there's another tree, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the only thing significant about that tree is God said, don't eat it. It's not poisonous. There's nothing magical about it. The Lord just said, hey, I want human beings to have 
responsibility. I want them to be free agents. I want them to be able to decide. So we'll just have a simple rule that'll show whether they'll be obedient to me or not. They can eat every tree in the garden and just don't eat from one tree. That's what makes it the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because what evil is, is what God tells us not to do. Amen? And what good is, is what God tells us to do. So you can eat from the tree of life. So far in this story, God is the author of life. How many of you want to live? Come on, talk to me. How many of you want to live? Okay, how many of you want to die? So this is really simple. You eat from the tree of life, you live. But don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Eve is focused. It says, from the tree that's in the middle of the garden, we shall not eat from it, and we shouldn't even touch it, lest we die. And by the way, you wouldn't notice this so much in English, but in Hebrew, Eve takes a little bit away. And I don't know whether she got this from Adam, because the text doesn't really tell us where Eve found out the command. The command was given to Adam, and when God gave the command in chapter 2 to Adam, he tells Adam, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because in the day that you do it, you will absolutely, certainly, underline, die. It uses a form in Hebrew that really emphasizes, and Eve leaves out a little bit of that oomph. So she's already revealing the way the text goes. She's doubting a little bit, okay? Now, I want you to think about something. What are some things that we can learn, especially for you ladies? Don't believe that you're more cunning than the devil. One of the things that I want to bless you with as mothers today is that the Lord wants you to learn from Eve who is the mother of us all, the first thing you ladies need to learn is don't ever think that you're more cunning than the devil. Amen? Now, you all sit here piously this morning and go, oh, yeah, 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 but I've just been dealing with people the last few days. They think they're more cunning than the devil. They think they're living for Christ. They think everything is going great, but they're disobeying God's commands. But they think everything's hunky-dory. And the serpent has nothing to do with any of this. Well, yeah, he does. He's a big liar. Whenever your life gets really deceitful and you're hiding and you're confused and life's like a whirlpool, that's the serpent. And this morning, I'm so thrilled to have you here because just the fact you're here, most of you aren't listening to the serpent so much. But man, one of the things that breaks my heart, it makes me want to get out of the ministry. It's to see people, they think they're smarter than the devil. And they lie, and they're deceitful, and they con their friends. They do all kinds of stuff, and they, they're gone. Guys and women that are really close, that's what happens. This is really serious stuff. Number one, ladies, don't ever think you're more cunning than the devil. Number two, there's something that's subtly implied here. Don't lead when the Lord wants you to follow. How should Eve have responded to the serpent? When the serpent said... Has God said, you can't eat from every tree in the garden? How should have Eve responded? Yeah. When a salesman calls Mary on the telephone, she says a very simple phrase. I'm sorry, you're going to have to talk to my husband. Now, Mary's just as competent as I am. And she's smarter than I am probably in a million different ways. My wife is every bit my equal. But I want you to learn, ladies, don't lead. And I want you men to learn. Don't lead when you're not supposed to. In other words, like if you're a passenger in an airplane and the plane suddenly catches fire, don't you grab the yoke and try to fly the airplane if you don't have your pilot's license. And don't yell and scream, well, I want to be equal with the pilot because I'm just as good as they are. 
See, one of the things our culture is really confused on is there's some settings in life that you need to lead, and there's some settings in life where you need to follow. And that's true of every man and woman in the group. And in the marriage relationship and the family relationship, under normal circumstances, the plan of the architect, and there's one story after another that's going to tell you this story, the man is supposed to lead. And for you ladies, it'll really protect you if you say a simple word. I'm sorry, serpent, you're going to have to talk to my husband. But she doesn't do that. Now, I know that goes totally against our culture. I'm totally aware of that. But you ladies, you're only going to get to live once. So you can go ahead and think you can take the serpent on. You don't have to pay any attention to your husband leader being respectful of him. And you don't have to be an encourager of him. And there's a really good chance he'll leave. Because what your husband needs and the father of your children needs more than anything else, I need it more than anything else is Mary's respect. More than anything else. If Mary disrespects me, she kicks me right where I'm really vulnerable. Big athletes, when they get kicked in the wrong place, suddenly everybody gathers around them. And for the next several minutes, all you girls wonder what in the world's going on. But the guy is trying to recover. That's what happens in athletics. Well, your man is like that. That's the way he is. And if you disrespect him, you're destroying his soul. Don't jump to abuse. Don't use the extreme to control most situations. The scripture wants to teach us. All Eve had to do is say, you're going to have to ask my husband about that. God talked to my husband about that. I wasn't even here yet. So you talk to my husband. It would have been a totally different story. The Lord was going to tell a story of redemptive grace from the beginning. So he knew what would happen. But one of the reasons he's telling us this story is he wants us to understand it. The next thing I want you to see, number one, don't think that we're more cunning than the devil. Don't lead when the Lord wants you to follow. Number three is don't doubt the goodness and kindness of God. The question underneath is, If God was really good, he wouldn't have given any rules. And Eve is already being sucked into God really than good. Notice how the serpent develops that. He says, the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Now, that is a direct lie. Satan is a liar. Right now, this morning, all of us are deciding, will we obey God and live through the power of the spirit that Jesus has been given to us, or will we disobey him and die? That's the choice. And the serpent will make you feel really heady. You'll feel really free. You'll feel really powerful. But I want you to know it's a lie. If you listen to what the serpent says, you will die. I will die. You will die. We'll all die. The serpent lied. And if you're underneath this way, I want you to know after doing this a long time, I can't help you. You will not listen. You will swear to me that you're more alive than you've ever been alive and you're dying. Like when someone's really high on cocaine, they think they're more alive than they've ever been alive. They are flying. They are happy. They think I'm a total idiot. We all understand that, but they're dying. Cocaine will kill them. And all of you know that, but I want you to know that all of sin works like that. It's easy to see it when someone's killing their liver with alcohol. Some of you are doing that. That's easy to see, that alcohol destroys your liver. Man, good night. Just study the chemistry of your body. But pride and false loves that seduce us into immorality, a little bit of stealing, cheating, 
a little bit of anger that we won't let go of. That's when it gets harder. And the serpent's going to come to you and say, you will not truly die, you're right. So this morning, all of us need to open our hearts to say, am I believing Satan's lie? He said, you shall not truly die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not truly die, for God knows in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And then the serpent stepped out of the picture. Now, what did the serpent just do? What did the serpent just say about the character of God? He's a Scrooge, isn't he? He's trying to cheat you. How many of you believe that the Lord God of the universe is trying to protect you and treat you good and to help you to live? See, it's a lie. He's a Scrooge, isn't he? Some of you believe that God really is good, that his word and his instructions are really good, and you'll live. Some of you believe you have anger against God. It comes out like when you get really angry, you cuss really hard. Who do you cuss? That's what's wrong with cussing. It's not some magical words that are bad. But it's your attitude. What you're sharing is God's to blame for everything. As you go out into the world, a lot of people that you work with, God is evil. God is hurting us. The Christian God is destroying us. And that's the lie that Satan tells every one of you. And then he tells you something really important. He says, you can decide good and evil. How many of you believe today that you can decide what's good for you? You believe that? No. You live in a culture right now that believes Satan's lie like crazy. Our culture believes if I feel it inside my heart and I feel that it's good, if I feel this will bring me life, If I feel this will fulfill my identity, I believe this will make me really become a powerful, influential person I need to be, then I need to fly. You hear that in almost every movie you see, almost every TV program, almost every magazine. Our culture believes firmly that you can decide. And your ultimate freedom is, as an individual, you have the freedom to decide what is good and evil. Our culture believes we can suddenly decide This isn't evil anymore. This is good. And the idea is everything's going to be fine. So I want you to listen really, really hard because you work with your kids. You need to be talking to them about this. Because Satan is not just influencing women today. He's influencing a whole group of people around the world. The culture divides. Human beings believe what God said in his word is a bunch of baloney. The thing that I'm teaching you is old-fashioned. And you're going to get to live your life once, and you're going to make choices. And Eve is about ready to make a choice. And I want you to think about what Satan said. It's number one, God isn't good. He's trying to hold you back. God doesn't want you to be like him. In fact, God knows if you eat that tree, you're going to become just like him because you'll be able to decide what is good and evil. The idea is not that you'll be able to discern. God wants you to know what is good and what is evil, but he doesn't want you to experience evil in your life. He doesn't want you to learn in this school of experience. He wants you to learn from his word. This is good. This is evil. This will really hurt you or make you die. Satan says, no, 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 no. The way that you do this is you experiment. And you can decide. In fact, you'll be just like God because what God does is the ultimate being in the universe decides what's good and what's evil. But you as a human being, you can be God. You can decide for yourself what's good and evil. 
How many of you think that's a really good pathway to follow? Now, the serpent steps off. I want you to know, in all the other ancient Near Eastern literature, at this time, the serpent would reveal himself as this great Tiamat monster, this big chaotic monster. It'd be like a horror flick. He overwhelms the woman. The woman doesn't have a chance, and the great Tiamat swallows her up, and the whole human race is plunged into evil. Moses is actually writing against the same thing in Egypt. The great falcon god would now rise up against this really weird crocodile monster that's trying to seduce you. In the Bible, Moses says to two million Israelites getting ready to become a nation, hey guys, the serpent had baited you, but you're going to decide. Every one of you ladies, today, now you decide. What does God say? Don't eat from the tree, they're not going to evil. What does the serpent say? Oh, go ahead and eat. God's a Scrooge. He's trying to keep you. So you go ahead and eat, and you're going to find out you're just like him because God doesn't want you to be like him. So what does Eve do? Notice what it says. The serpent's gone till later on in the story. Notice it says, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. So all you ladies know, it looks good. So it's got to be good, right? Ladies, if it looks good, it is good. Amen? Your culture really believes that. It looks good. If what my eyes say, my eyes determine this is really, really good. So you teach your little girls. They see a really hot guy. And he looks really, really good. And he makes her feel like she's really, really special. It's got to be good, right? You got to teach them by the time they're real small. Hey, what looks good isn't always good. That's what the story wants to teach you. The food looked good. And then it says, it was a delight to the eyes, and the tree was desirable to make one wise. So this is the intrigue. I am going to have wisdom. I'm going to have knowledge of life that God doesn't want me to have. And I'm going to be on the inner circle. That's always this prayerful lie. Notice what it says. She took from the fruit and ate it, and she gave off to her husband with her, and he ate Then the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and they made themselves loin coverings. So what's happened here? We've learned don't believe the cunning of the devil. Don't lead when God says you should follow. Don't doubt the goodness and the kindness of God. Don't add to God's command. When he tells you don't eat it, it doesn't mean you can't touch it. Don't add to it. And don't believe you can be godlike and decide good and evil. Don't believe it if it looks good, tastes good, feels good, don't believe that it is good. And don't lead your husband into sin. That's what we just read. Ladies, has Eve swung from being a good character to being a bad character? Right now, see, in the story, the way the story goes, she started out as a good character. Now she's swung to the... You ladies, very few of your husbands, very few of the fathers of your children can handle it if you do what Eve does in this chapter. That's why the Lord has put this story in his word. Like if you play the role that Eve played so far, very few of your husbands will go, honey, you're wrong. Like Adam could have said, honey, you ate the tree. I'm not going to do it. One of the great things I love about God's word is it tells you the truth. It says, ladies, this is what the first mother of all living things did. And if God would have reversed the story and had Eve created first and then Adam came second, then the story would have been the other way around because the serpent would have attacked the one that the Lord said needed to be submissive to the authority. That's the way the story goes. You think that's the story of Genesis? I'm being unfair to the story of Genesis. 
Eve was the first person to sin. But when Mary said she plunged the whole human race into sin, I want you to know, no, she didn't. And that's real, real important because I do want you to be daughters of Eve because right now Eve had plunged into sin and she led her husband to sin, but she's not responsible for the human race falling into sin. When Paul talks about all the human race being into sin, who does he blame for that? Everybody tell me. Why did he do that? When God says you're the leader, you know what leadership really means? It doesn't mean you control everything. It doesn't mean that you block giftedness. It doesn't mean that you, that you hold down talent. It doesn't mean any of that. It doesn't mean that you boss people around. You know what leadership means? I'm responsible. That's what real leadership means. The buck stops here. I'm responsible. So Eve was the one that led her husband into sin, but Eve was deceived by the serpent. And I want you to see, as we close today, we start to move towards Eve swinging back to the good side. First of all, they try to cover themselves, and that's all they need to learn from this. When we sin, and when you've messed up really badly, you hide and you cover illegitimately. Can their leaves cover sin and shame? Anybody ever felt guilty and ashamed? Now, your culture tells you guilt and shame is really a bad thing. So your culture is going to tell all your ladies, especially your young ladies, they need to take off all their clothes because their body is glorious, and they need to do it for everybody. Is that a truth? Is that good? That isn't good. We need to teach our little girls from the time they're small. No, your body's beautiful. It's precious. It's, it's a great gift from the Lord. You need to save it for the one person. Your culture says, no, you let it be known to everybody. Nakedness is really a good thing. You're going to go back to the promised land. You're going to go back to Eden, and you're going to be naked, and you're going to live happily ever after. No, you're going to end up being really hurt because we're vulnerable now. We're east of Eden. We've sinned. So what's going to happen? Well, we try to cover with skins, but notice what happens. You all know this story, but I want to focus on what it says to Eve. God says to Adam, he says, Adam, where are you? So Adam's a responsible leader. Adam was called out by the Lord. The Lord says, Adam, where are you? And Adam blamed it all on Eve. And the man said, the woman whom you gave to me, she gave me from the tree I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, notice how the Lord steps down. What is it that you've done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Now, was that the truth? Everybody tell me. The serpent deceived me and I ate. Is that true? You say, Dave, why is that important? Is the serpent a liar or a truth teller? So when a character tells the truth again, then what are they doing? They're swinging Eve had become part of the dark side, but she's swinging back to the good side. In your own life, with your kids, as you're working with your kids, when they disobey and they lie to you and you have to discipline them what you're working for, I want to get them to tell the truth. Because all of sin flows from lies. And Eve signaled me, what did Adam do? Adam blamed, it's all your fault, God, so what's Adam doing? He's blaming. I wasn't the one that sinned, God, it's your fault. You shouldn't have given me this crazy woman. And some of you husbands have said that to your wife. Don't say that. But Eve told the truth. And then God come to the serpent. It says to the serpent. Now notice the Lord doesn't let the serpent say anything. That's a real important part of the story. Notice what he does. He says, because you have done this, cursed are you more than all the cattle, all the more than every beast of the field. 
On your belly you will go, and the dust you'll eat all the days of your life. So what he's saying is the serpent, symbolically, we don't even know who the serpent is. All we know right now is one of the beasts of the field. You're actually not going to find out to Revelation 12 that the serpent's the devil. Now, you'll guess it long before then, because the text and the story of the Bible doesn't want you to think you're up against some super monster. The devil doesn't make you do it. The devil didn't make Eve do it. The devil didn't make Adam do it. One of the great stories of the Bible is we're responsible. We're not overcome by a great, terrible serpent and dragon that, that wiped us all out. We need to realize we're not smarter than him, but we can't blame our sin on him. But the Lord tells you that the story now of the rest of the Bible is going to be a conflict with this serpent. And he said that the animal is going to be a symbol. Like How many of you ladies really love snakes? Dan Bauckham's wife, Jeannie, loves to milk rattlesnakes. So she's probably the only lady in the group that loves snakes. Almost all of you ladies hate snakes. And that's a symbol. Every time you see a snake and you feel that animosity, the Lord's reminding you of his redemptive story. The serpent that became the agent that the evil one indwelled and deceived Eve and got her to move into sin. She decided to follow his lead. In nature, for hundreds and hundreds of years, the serpent's on the dark side. If your kids get involved in in watching evil and moral literature, you'll often have a naked woman with a big python on her. I'm not going to ask you if you've ever seen those images. Those are very powerful images. And they're in ancient cultures, snakes and naked women. Because that's the dark side. That's a really powerful side of all of you. And you decide whether I'm going to be on that side. And then it says this. It says in this animosity, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman. This is our key verse, the seed verse of the story of all the Bible. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head. So the great male child of Eve is going to bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. And it says a woman's going to have great pain in childbirth because of her sin. But you know what the God the Lord just told you? You know why you need to become daughters of Eve? Women, mothers, you are blessed. The God the universe chose to bring the ultimate serpent slayer into the world through a mom. Eve is the mother of Jesus. She's in the line. You go from Eve, you go through the holy line to Sarah. You go to incredible characters like Tamar, to Rahab, to Bathsheba. Then you ultimately end up with a beautiful teenage girl named Mary. And she's impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And she goes through the agony of childbirth, but she brings the great male child into this world. So Eve swings because in chapter 4 it says, I've gotten a male child from the Lord. Eve really believed when God told her there's going to be a great son that's going to be in your line. You're going to give birth to a great son. And somehow the serpent's going to be able to bruise his heel. We don't know how he's going to bruise his heel yet. Early in the story. But that great serpent slayer that a woman gives birth to is going to crush the head of the serpent. The reason you need to be a mother of Eve is because Eve swings to believing in redemptive grace. So as I close today, moms, have you ever taken the leader of your husband when you shouldn't? Have you ever believed the evil one? 
Have you ever thought, hey, I know what's good. I don't need to listen to what How many of you ladies have ever done that? How many of you men have ever done that? We've all done it, haven't we? But Eve is a great character, and you need to follow her because she swung from the dark to believe in the incredible promise that God gave. And she allowed the Lord to cover her with the skins that the Lord sacrificed the animals and doesn't even tell you he sacrificed them. It just said he covered their nakedness with the skins. And that's the first animal sacrifice to cover human guilt. And that's going to become another story that we follow until it leads to Calvary. And you ladies today need to be daughters of Eve because she wasn't responsible for plunging the whole human race into sin. Adam was. But she's also the one that through her line, through womanhood, she generated the greatest serpent slayer that could ever live. And that's what our lives need to be built on this morning. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray that as the daddy of my precious sisters in Christ, that you would pour blessing into their life. I'd ask you, Lord, that we would all learn, but especially the ladies would learn from Eve's example. Thank you you told the truth of how the serpent deceived her. And I want to ask you that you would use what we've taught from your word this morning to protect my sisters, as they go out this week, especially, Lord, I pray that you would keep them from listening to the serpent. I pray that because of your exposure to them, of how he works and the lies that he told, that they will be able to protect their sons and daughters, that they'd be able to protect their friends. I pray that a spirit of discernment and wisdom and conquering the evil one, because we listen to the truth of your word, would just permeate each one of my sisters here. Finally, Lord, I pray that every one of them would rejoice today that you chose to bring the dear Lord Jesus into the world through a mom. I pray that all the mothers in this audience would be reminded that it was through your blessing of motherhood that you brought the great Redeemer. I'd ask you, Lord, in the midst of a culture that's really listening to the serpent, that you would use these words this morning to raise up a whole, powerful, obedient, Jesus-loving, Jesus-adoring group of ladies. They're going to transform our town and our city and our nation and our world. Thank you, Lord, for Eve, that we know we're going to see her in heaven someday. Thank you that she led to Mary that gave birth to the Messiah. But I thank you in closing, Lord, that you're continuing to tell the story of redemptive grace in the lives of my sisters that are gathered together here. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.